This is Abscond with Ethan Renault, episode 12 with special guest Nate Caldwell. Hey guys! Or Nathan. Nate, Nathan. Nate, we can go by Nate, yeah. Nate? Nate works. Cool. So. I am cool, thank you for saying that. <laughs> today's, today's podcast is a request from a listener of mine. Who asked, uh, Ethan, I don't have the email in front of me, but she said, what do you think about online dating uh, for Christians specifically? And so I thought a lot about that, and I was like, I could just answer this question on my own with like a solo type podcast, but then I thought, I have this friend named Nate who is always telling me about all the dates that he goes on. I don't mean that to say that he's like a... A, uh, oh no! I go ju- on lots of <laughs> dates. <laughs> well, yeah. For for lack of a better word, or not, let's put it that way. He just goes on a good amount of dates, and most of them are from apps or websites. Yeah, Is that right? yeah, online dating sources. Online dating sources. So that includes websites and apps. Although there's a lot of overlap now. Yeah, they're anyway. basically every. At least as far as I can tell, most. Um, websites also have an app, at least. Not, While well, not every app has a website. Right. So there's no Tinder.com. Yeah. Or, but there is Match.com app. And, and the app, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, and I myself, I... Let's see, what's my experience with online dating? Um, I've kind of gone back and forth. And I guess I can be specific, too. Like, the one that I probably was on the most was Coffee Meets Bagel. Um, I, I, this is what my kind of pattern looks like is I will have it for maybe two or three weeks and then get tired of it, get hopeless, find myself just kind of, I don't know, thinking about it too much or going on the app itself too much and then just delete it. And then two or three months later, be like, man, I'm not meeting anybody new time to go back on the app. So I've been on coffee meets bagel. And then after the viral video happened, I also, Match.com reached out to me specifically and said, hey, we want to give you a free month trial and then you can post all about your experiences with Match. And ironically, I didn't go on a single date in that month from Match.com because I didn't find anybody I really wanted to go on a date date with on Match.com. So it was just kind of a funny thing. I don't think I've been on Tinder. I did Bumble for like two days and then I was like, I'll tell you this too. The thing that I really appreciated about Coffee Meets Bagel is you have like five choices. Yeah. Or five, like, I don't want to refer to people as choices, but you have. Yeah, it gives you, you have, like 10 to 15 different people a day, and then you can like or not like each of those people. Right. And then that's it. You can't do anything more for the next 24 hours. Right. So it really inhibits your ability to, like, you know, binge date right like then scroll just like no 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 Eh, okay no you know like because literally that was my experience with bumble was oh if i stop now the very next next person could have been the one and so that i really did like that about coffee meets bagel currently i'm not on any apps at all um, or websites. And I hate or to ba- break your bubble, but I'm currently not on anything either. Actually. Oh, you're not? Yeah. So last week I, I deleted um, the two or three apps that were on my phone, and um, I'm really enjoying it. Actually, I'm enjoying the break, 
and not not feeling like I need to be in any of those things. And and like you, I I, I did that partially just because I felt like it was consuming a, a good portion of my time. And I just started a new job, and so I'm like. I want to focus on that job and I want to do that well. Yeah. And so um, I'm also taking a couple trips to different countries. So it's just not a really good time for me to do that because it does take a couple weeks for you to like begin liking people and then to like begin talking to them over text before you actually get a date. It's a at least a couple weeks to turn around um, for that to happen. So you need to be you know in town at least for a little while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um I mean, we, we we can mention this peripherally, I guess, but you do overseas missions work several times a year. Yeah, you run a you run a, a, a gospel or a nonprofit. Yeah, it's a nonprofit organization called Camp Duffel. Um, so I work with a local church in the area. Um, I'm an associate pastor there, and part of my job responsibilities is traveling 12 weeks a year and running an organization called Camp Duffel, which provides camp experiences for kids uh, throughout Latin America. So yeah. yeah, do you guys have a website or anything? We do. Yeah. Um, www.startcamps.com. Startcamps.com. Startcamps.com, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so that's part of the reason you deleted it and then the new job and all that. So, um, But how long would you say prior to that you were like consistently on at least one dating app? Yeah, so um, probably three years ago if you and I were having this conversation, I would have been pretty – pretty opposed to online dating, a little over three years, uh, three and a half years ago. But um, a friend encouraged me to get online, and so I tried eHarmony, and uh, there I met uh, my ex-girlfriend, and that actually was a very good relationship, lasted for about a year. So that was my first experience with online dating, and because of... Did you have to pay for that? Yeah, yeah, you have to pay about 30 to $50 a month, depending on the the coupon that you get for for eHarmony. So so then when that didn't work out I did I got back on and so that was about um a year and a half to 2 years ago and so from that time I've I've been on and off throughout that whole time so a good yeah. good good chunk of time for sure yeah cuz I feel like I see Nate at least once a week I'd say and there have been maybe the impression I get from see- running into you you always be like, I went on a date the other night, and you know. So it seems like you're you at least were somewhat regularly going on dates from online, and so what's your? Um... Yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's true. I do, I do, I do go on dates pretty regularly. Do you I, have a philosophy? I guess on that. Do you that, have a, a opinion on online dating? Yeah. Um. Well, so I also. You're a little bit older than me. Yeah, I'm 31 years old. 31. So you're 31. And let me describe Nate to you guys since you obviously can't see him. We'll we'll have a picture of him on the uh, podcast episode page on absconpodcast.com. But Nate is like a mountain man through and through in that he has a giant beard, long, crazy hair, and he's just like an outdoorsman. I've been – I went – Nate and I went together to see the totality, the eclipse – and Nate just, like, knew every single thing about, like, knots and setting up straps so we could set up this tent, like, attached to his car. And so he's, like, this crazy outdoorsman. So, in other words, you I, – I would not picture you with some, like, high-maintenance, makeup-heavy, you know, high-heels-wearing type of girl. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, yeah. Like, she would have to be a little bit rugged at least, 
you know, to, sure, yeah. to, to kind of keep up with you. Um, so that's just so you guys have kind of a mental image of Nate. And I guess everybody obviously is going to be unique and looking for a specific thing. But someone like Nate is especially um, looking for someone specific, I guess. Yeah, and I think we're word. all looking for somebody specific. Um, and and then there's the question of like, okay, is this God's will and is this not God's will and what is all of that tied into and and um, yeah. and her faith and what does that look like? Because right. you know, obviously, it's awesome if she like goes backpacking or whatever, but like or plays a sport that you're interested in or you know shares like a similar taste in movies or whatever, which is what a lot of the online dating apps questions get at right um but the reality is that like chemistry and connectedness goes so much deeper than that that really any dating app can't um begin to approach what what does or what doesn't work for a relationship right so yeah it was funny because i had a conversation about this with another young guy and he was like yeah i just don't think i can do dating online because it's so superficial. Mm. Um, and I agree 100% dating online is incredibly superficial. Yeah. But cause like but, you said, it's like the two things I can't show you is two C's, the chemistry and the character. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's really like, those are the big, and when I say character that kind of encompasses their relationship with Christ and their, how they love other people. And so like chemistry and character are two things you probably could never get online or even from a first date probably. Yeah. And so, yeah, you bring up a really good point. You couldn't get that really on a first date. And so kind of my point in this is that, like, sure, meeting somebody online is incredibly superficial. And whether or not you decide to text or message that person is based on predominantly superficial things. But so is a first encounter in a coffee shop. And so is a first encounter even in a church building, right? So the reality is we don't know who people are until we get to know them. And so I, I think of online dating as really more just like, advertising you're you're providing an advertising they're providing an advertising service for you to get your name out there for other people to see okay maybe this could work right and so advertising is superficial but it's not meant to really be anything more than that so i think it's okay as christians for us to say that that dating apps are superficial but we don't want our relationships to be superficial so so online dating provides a superficial meeting but then where you take that meeting after meeting that person online is up to you. And that can be very non-superficial. Even that first date, you can make those choices to make that not a superficial meeting and have a deeper conversation than just, you know, what kind of sports you like or what kind of movies you like. Right, right. So you're saying basically the pro of online dating is that it just kind of creates that initial uh, connection, the initial introduction. Yeah. Right? And that's like that's basically all it is. Because I'm sure that there are people out there, maybe even people listening to this podcast, who are online daters or app daters who will kind of like the like I, I could see myself being like this years ago, where you're kind of too timid to actually want to meet in person. So you just kind of spend time texting for weeks at a time with someone you met on Tinder. Whereas I currently I'd be like Hey, you look cool. When are we going to meet up? Right? Yeah, I really suggest that method. I I occasionally am asked, you know, if I'm like beginning to text a girl and probably within the first 15 minutes I'll say, "Hey, do you want to meet up?" Yeah. And so sometimes I get a yes, and sometimes I get, "Hey, can we talk a little bit more first?" Mm-hmm. And and while I typically say yes just to be polite, 
the reality is I know that that's not going to go anywhere. Um, it's really hard to get to really? know somebody. Yeah. So you would know that if she asks that, it's probably going to be a no on the whole relationship yeah. with her? Uh, just because I'm not going to put in the effort to text her right. every single day for the required amount of time, whatever that is in her mind. Mm. Um, to, 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 to quote unquote, to quote get to know get each to know other. Because the reality is I would much rather just drive 15 minutes across town, meet for a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour if it goes really well. And that answers those questions way better right. than you know, weeks of texting possibly right. could. So the weeks of texting, that's what I think is superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but online doesn't require you to do that by any means. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll say that is like the first pro, right? It creates mm-hmm, yeah. that, that introduction, connect, yeah, that, connection, that meeting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are you? You just touched on this. What are some of the cons then? You would say of online dating. Yeah, I think some of the cons for online dating can be uh, this idea that there's always somebody better out there, and this isn't just online dating. This is in a in an increasing smaller world that we're growing up in, and the increase with you know media and and the connectedness that we have on Facebook and and Instagram and and Twitter and Snapchat and all of these things. They allow us to reach a broader audience, right. and so there's always this feeling like maybe this girl's great. But maybe there's somebody better out there, yeah. you know, and it's so easy to just, oh, download the app and then start swiping and not recognize the value of the person who's sitting right across from you. So uh, I would say that that's one of the big negative effects of online dating is this perception that there's somebody better out there for you. But we need to remember that, like, all of us are human. And this is this is a real struggle that I see in a lot of my friends as they get to dating and they get into that relationship and you know they're they're asking the question is this the girl I'm to marry and then all of these doubts especially I think for guys I, I as in talking to girls this doesn't seem to be as big a problem but girls I'd love your your input on this if this is something that you guys struggle with too and yeah. just don't tell us guys about but um but for guys it's this question you know is is she you know, are these doubts legitimate doubts or are these doubts that are, you know, built in me on a society that, that says this is what your wife lo- should look like and this is what your wife should do and all of these, you know, stereotypes in this image that we've built up in our mind uh, from years of just getting older. And that's another thing. We're getting older before we get married. So there's more yeah. time to, like, imagine the perfect woman or the perfect guy that is, you know – your perfect match. And then the reality is that person doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the, the, the cons for sure of online dating, I think. Yeah. I guess to put it bluntly, you could just say it's a pornified culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's an expression I heard at Moody. Uh, I don't know if that's a real word pornified, but I, I think it's, I think it's completely accurate. It's a bonafide pornified word. <laughs> um, it's because like it describes, um, whether or not this guy is presently um, making a habit of pornography, we live in a pornified world. You know, you walk past the magazine aisle, yep. you walk, you turn on the TV and there's commercials. Yep. Everything is pornified, to put it bluntly. And so there is this notion, and I guess this is kind of stepping outside of just uh, online dating, but there's the notion that your wife should look a certain way and she should act a certain way toward you and be a certain type of person. And um, I feel like I would agree at my perception. Um, ladies, please write in, um, email me or message me. Um, but I get the impression that 
women are faster to commit mm-hmm. or they're more um, – what's the word? They're more hungry for authentic intimacy as opposed to men who I feel like, to be honest, can a lot of times be more superficial and say, what if I – what if there's a, a woman out there who's better looking, yeah. who's more attractive yeah. than this girl I'm currently seeing? And so I feel like there's definitely differences there, whereas a girl might be tempted to say more something more along the lines of, what if there's a guy out there who would treat me better yeah. or who would um, – we'd have that better chemistry. And so um, obviously those are just kind of generalized male and female differences, but um, I forget how I got off on that tangent. Yeah. But well, that's one of the cons. Yeah. 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 So I guess online dating kind of makes it one step easier to just be like, oh, who can I, who can I meet tonight? Who can I, um, if you're, I guess in that world, who can I hook up with tonight? Who can I, whatever it's like kind of immediate gratification while at the same time promising like there could be someone better out there for you no matter who you're with. Hmm. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah, I think that is that is definitely for sure one of the cons. Um, another thing that I've heard a lot um, is to be transparent. Um, I think another con, potential con of online dating is that it carries no consequences with it. Mm. And what I mean by that is, for an example, as a story, uh, there was a, a worship pastor at uh, in the city that I live, um, and we were talking for a while. And I was like, hey, do you want to go on a date? Blah, blah, blah. She oh, said, a female yes. worship pastor? A oh. female worship pastor, yeah. And um, and then uh, the day of that date came, and I had another thing come up. And instead of texting her, like, hey, sorry, I can't meet or whatever, I just kind of let it go. Wait, you just, you just... I just let it go, yeah. You just totally ghosted on her, and she I... was sitting at a coffee shop by no, herself? No, 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 no. No, so like... We hadn't set up a time or anything like that, but like as the time got closer, so it was like, hey, let's have a date on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Ethan's looking at me like, I'm confused. So you said. So we hadn't set up a time or a place or anything like that. So you did. But it was like scheduled that we were going to have this date, right? Uh, So you did did ghost on her, but it's not like she was sitting alone in a coffee shop like like Meg Ryan. I just uh, never followed up. Yeah, okay. And because I did that because I was so busy and life was hectic and it kind of slipped my mind. But the difference would be if that was somebody – if that was a friend of mine or if that was – A friend of a friend. Or even a friend of a friend, I wouldn't have done that. And I would have texted and said, hey, I'm so sorry. I can't meet or whatever. Can we do it another time? Or even if I had slipped my mind, I would have sent her an apology text saying, hey, I'm so sorry. But yeah. because it was online and it's just kind of somebody that I have no idea who they are, yeah. there's really not that like need to you know, follow up. So, so that's what I kind of mean that there, there's no accountability. But on this flip side of that, it can also be a positive thing that if it doesn't go well, there's not this like negative consequence right. of like repercussions if you know – you like her and she doesn't like you and then it's awkward every time you guys get together with friends and stuff like that. Yeah. So so it can be a plus and a minus. Yeah. It's not like there's a ton of weight on you like – like uh, I To have make to, it work. Yeah. Yeah. I guess – so um, if – I mean to sum up that and the previous thing we just talked about too, I guess the word that comes to mind is dehumanizing hmm. in a way. Um, and like that obviously sounds really, really bad. Um, as you said, there there are some pros – and I don't want to 
demonize online dating completely. But in a sense, for instance, when I was on, on Bumble, you're, you're almost carnal in the sense that you swipe so fast that it's like, am I looking at people or am I looking at, you know, like an image that catches my attention so, and holds it? So I would disagree with you. And again, that goes back to like my idea that like online dating is more about an advertising right? Mm-hmm. You, we don't have to look at them in a cardinal way. You're just saying possibly, 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 right? Like it's just one element of a, of a much larger thing. And it's just that connecting point, right? So it's just a way in which you can meet somebody else who is looking for a relationship. And depending on what app you're on, whether it's Tinder or whether it's, you know, Match or eHarmony, um, you know, the whole spectrum obviously is kind of going to narrow the type of relationship you're looking for. If you're looking for a more serious one, then go to something like Match or Christian Mingle. If you're looking for something a lot less seriously, go towards something like Tinder, right? Um, and so, but but again, those aren't hard, fast rules, and there's there's definitely some inner mixing, you know, with people um, at any time, and you never know what's going to happen. So. Yeah, I think that like the the good thing about online dating is that it really does just provide that connection point, and I don't think of it as like carnal or dehumanizing. Um, well, dehumanizing, I meant like also in the sense that you didn't feel as bad about ghosting this girl. Yeah, because I guess, and you probably didn't. You probably wouldn't think of it like this, but in a sense, it's like she. Well, was, I did feel a little. She bit wasn't of remorse, as like, human as yeah. like one of your a friend or at least a friend of a friend or someone you may have met in person, you know, there's like kind of a, like, I don't know. Like if you meet someone in a coffee shop, which happens to me, you know, occasionally, I like, there's this tangible humanness about them. Whereas if this person to you is just a couple pictures and a couple text exchanges, there's, I'm not saying she's not a human, obviously, but there's just kind of a sense that she seems less real does that make sense? Yeah. I, and I, I, the way I think of it is that there's less consequences attached with that relationship. Yeah. Right? And, and we can call it a relationship even though it's a, only a relationship of eight texts right. or whatever. Textual right? relationship. Yeah. Um, there's less consequences for ending that relationship in a negative way as opposed to ending a, a relationship like yours and mine, for instance. If you and I ended our relationship on a neg- in a negative way, that would have some like serious consequences for each of us in our social lives but then also like personally because – I care for you and you care for me, right? Yeah. So, but yet for the relationship that lasts, you know, eight minutes (laughs) in some texting, it really doesn't have that much negative effect on one's life. Yeah, for sure. And so, so I think it's about like the, the, the amount of time or the, the quality of that relationship, which affects how one terminates that relationship. That makes sense. So let me ask you this. This is what I was curious about. Um, if you've been on, a good amount of dates over the past year and a half. Obviously, all of them so far have not worked out. Yeah. So after the first date, what's your method? Do you ghost or do you send them a text? Do you call them? Or at the end of the date, do you just say, hey, maybe it's not good. Maybe we shouldn't. Like, what's what's your method? Yeah. Um, oh, I've tried different things. And actually, so funny, <laughs> funny story. Here's my funny story. Um uh, a couple months ago, my sister came into town, and 
she and her husband were visiting and we were hanging out and everything. And I was bemoaning, you know, my singleness or whatever, and just complaining and saying online dating isn't working. Like I meet people and 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 and it just never seems to go anywhere. And so what am I doing wrong? You know? And so my sister came up with this brilliant idea. We'd go to it on a date. She would sit and her husband would sit at the table next to me and listen in on <laughs> no my conversation. Yeah, for real. Listen in on my conversation the whole time without the girl knowing that I was, you know, that my brother-in-law and her, my sister were listening in on our conversation. <laughs> Don't you think that would make you act differently though? Like knowing? No, because what? I have a really good relationship with both of them. So I just wanted to like, I was more curious about like their feedback on how my dating was Rather, rather than, um, you know, being nervous for them or whatever. Well, I guess I should have asked this first then. Sorry, I'll let you finish your story no. in a second. But do you, um, like with all those dates, what were, what percentage would you say you're the one who has told them no versus you're the one who's been told no? Yeah, I would say it's right at like 50-50. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So continue. Maybe, even been, maybe I've even had more rejection than, uh, maybe it's like 60-40. Okay. If anything, yeah. Like you've been rejected sixty percent of the time. Sixty percent of the time, yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> and I wouldn't I wouldn't actually call it rejection because a lot of the time it's not that the date was bad or that um or or anything. It just is that it didn't work out. Either it's just, with it's schedules not a romantic or, relationship. Or it's not a romantic relationship or it or really schedules is a big thing. Like uh, I've found that if you can't it, within initial contact of an individual from online, if you can't schedule a date within like the next two weeks, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. And so if you're booked up for the next two weeks or if your schedules just don't connect, you're just not going to connect and then yeah, it that's just happened keeps to me, going. For sure. you know? And so even if you genuinely want to and if she genuinely wants to meet up but your schedules just don't allow it you know, because we are all busy. Yeah. So it's a thing. So there's a lot of times. So there's that, a lot of those. Yeah. I've met several girls at coffee shops. This probably happened a handful of times where I'll meet them, get their numbers, text them, and and then be like, when do you want to get together? I'd love to get coffee with you sometime. And they're like, um, I'm free like three weeks from now. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, um, yeah, just not a thing. And for the record, I would say that I personally have probably met more women in person at coffee shops than online dating. Really? Yeah. I I'm, I guess I've just, in the past couple of years, has become a lot more bold and just like, hey, what's your name? What are you working on? Because yeah, everyone goes to a coffee shop to quote unquote work on something, whether or not they actually have something to work on, but they just want a place to hang out or whatever. So I don't know. I guess I've become uh, decent. Coffee just, shops are your online dating. So, that's yeah. your advertising. That's, that's my, that's my uh, I don't know. I don't want to call myself the king of coffee shops, but I, uh, people have said that. I I haven't said that. <laughs> no, no one's actually said that except me. But <laughs> um, anyway, okay, finish your story. So I mean, that was basically it. Um, oh, what 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 they say then? What was their report? Actually, my sister said that she thought I did fine and did well. And actually, that girl did want to go on a second date with me, and we ended up going on a second date. And then getting married, um, and she didn't want to go on a third date with me. So maybe oh. I did something on the second date. I don't know. Yeah, no, I've had that happen. There was. One girl um, in Chicago on Coffee Meets Bagel, um, 
she seemed really, really amazing, like really beautiful. Um, and we, the first date we hit it off, had so much in common. Um, so I was like, when can I see you again? She's like, later this week, let's do Friday or something. I forget exactly. So we meet up again for a second date and I feel like we both could just kind of tell like in the air, like we kind of had run out of things to talk about. We had kind of exhausted all the things that we did have in common. Uh-huh. And so it's like, well, I'm scratching for things to talk about, yeah. you know, like what, 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 it's hard. what I bring up now? And-, and that doesn't mean that you guys don't necessarily have chemistry together. It just means that like you're in a situation in which you don't have much history to talk about. Mm-hmm. And as you build history, they, you have more and more and more things to talk about and more things to reference. Um, but without much history, it's really hard to have those like casual conversations. And you also don't want to go too deep too fast because that's scary and weird and awkward. Here's my heart and all of the, you know my crap and everything and you yeah. don't even know the person. Yeah. So I don't suggest that either. <laughs> so it's hard to find a middle balance. Uh, some things that I like to do is I like to um, – do something on a second date uh, instead of just doing a meal or oh, a movie. A uh, I like to maybe go to tennis courts uh, oh. and just even if I'm not very athletic as far as tennis goes, but you know it's something to do or go on a walk in a park because then that provides an environment and some distractions from just like sitting across a table and just talking to an individual for a while. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's a good idea. I should use that. So first date. Talking date? First date, I call date zero. Um, <laughs> I know, genuinely, date zero. Because again, the you're just you're in that advertising place, right? And you're just like getting your name out. You get you decide to meet, so you meet at coffee or whatever. Um, I personally like it when she pays for her own cup, just because it's like kind of mutual, and it's just like okay, we're here, you know. But I I will offer to pay. Yeah. Um, and then from there, that's like kind of deciding. Hey, is this like something that? C- could go somewhere or is this clearly not a thing yeah um and so then if if it has chance then i usually say at the end of the coffee date hey it was really nice getting to know you i'd love to keep getting to know you would you be interested in going on a, on, on a date with me yeah um so you don't call the first one a date or no what? i don't typically call the first one a date to and her, sometimes yeah. i'll even say that you know like if it comes up or whatever like sometimes we i i don't know about you but sometimes i talk about online dating because it's something that we with share her, yeah. with her because yeah. it's something that we share in common. Right. Um, and so funny stories or weird things that have happened or whatever, mm-hmm. or how they do it or strategies or whatever. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> strategies with them. <laughs> so, so like, is that is some of that trying to ease the stigma of, Hey, we met on an app. Like, yeah. And I think, I think for me, my relationship with my ex-girlfriend destroyed that stigma. And because we were in a long-term relationship and everybody knew us and we, ev- everybody always asks, Oh, how did you meet? And like our answer was we met online. Yeah. And so for me, it became a part of who I was and a, and an okay part of my identity. And so I think that's how I got over that barrier of like, Oh, I have to meet a girl online. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's something normal and it's, and for me, it's, it's almost even a plus. Like I, I wouldn't see it as a negative thing at all really? to, now, for see, my future wife and I to have met online. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I totally. Get and I that do know too. a lot of people do do feel that way still. I was gonna say, well, I mean, I was gonna say, I know several people who have met online and are married or getting married yeah. and have great relationships. Whereas I, if someone asked me that question, I'd rather say, "How'd you guys meet? Oh, we met parasailing on a Swiss lake." 
you know. Yeah, while, I mean, we don't we back. all want that story? But like, come on, that's not a real story, you know. Um, well, there was one girl. Oh my gosh, <laughs> in Brazil. I won't go into that story, but uh, if I could move back to Brazil and marry her, I would. Maybe I will. <laughs> but um, oh man, now I'm thinking about her. So one of the one of the other things that I think a, a lot of times as Christians we struggle with online dating is this idea of God's will, yeah, right? And yeah. and for a lot of people that I've talked to who aren't online dating, it it seems to be this idea of like I really want to trust God for my future spouse. I'm praying about you know my future spouse, and so <laughs> the the sentiment behind that. Often seems to be that by going online, we're not trusting in God for the future of our relationship, and I and I don't think that's true. I don't think that in going online that that shows a lack of trust. I think that uh, on the other hand, it shows you know a willingness to to work hard, and um, and I know that like God helps those who help themselves is not in the Bible, so I'm not <laughs> quoting that. But I think that the principle is a valid in some ways is a valid principle. Well, it kind of goes along the lines of if you want food to eat, work the ground and yeah. grow some food. Or, you know, if you want a wife to marry or a husband to marry, put in a little bit of work. Yeah. Or the the joke that about the guy who's, you know, drowning and he's yeah. standing on his house and he's praying to God to rescue him and a boat comes by and he's like, no, God's going to rescue me. And another boat comes by. No, God's going to rescue me. And a third boat go by, goes by. No, God's going to rescue me. And then he drowns and he gets to heaven and, and, and he's like, God, yeah. why didn't you rescue me? And he's like, I send you three boats, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we, we expect divine action to look a lot different than it does a lot of yeah. times. And I think that's because like people, for one, don't, don't uh, have a good concept of divine action in a, in a natural world. You know, like for instance, we don't think of God's provisional grace as – Thousands of farmers around the world growing corn and yeah. wheat and raising cattle. Getting up every morning. Chickens. And doing you know, the work. And in order to feed yeah. billions of people. Like yeah. how much of a work of grace is that, that he made this world to feed us? And so we kind of apply that like that divine, um, weird, provisional idea to dating. And it's like if I go online and date, God's going to run his fingers through his hair and say, oh, shoot. They totally screwed up my whole will. I didn't see that coming. It's like, no. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you really think that you're going to destroy God's will by downloading an app? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but even less than that, even, even this idea of, like, wanting to trust God and that downloading an app is not trusting in God sufficiently. I, I don't yeah. think that in us doing things that that shows a lack of trust in who God's is. Now, if we're downloading the app and frantic about it and consumed by it, yeah. then that, that can be a lack of trust. But we can be equally consumed by it and not be downloading the apps and just worrying and fretting and moping sure. around and not doing anything. And that's showing a lack of trust too. So it's not in the actions that is necessarily showing the lack of trust. It's, it's, our, it's our attitude behind the steps that we're choosing to take. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. It's more about your heart state. Like, are you content as a single person ready to move into marriage? Or are you looking to marriage as the ultimate source of satisfaction? And like, once you get there, you'll be happy because you're not happy now oh, as you we are. Will. We will be happy once we get married, right? Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be completely perfect and there won't be any problems with it. No, because no one's yeah. ever been divorced in human history. No, yeah, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> At least if you're a Christian. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but, that's sarcasm in case you couldn't pick that up. Um, yeah, so I think the bottom line is it's it's about where you are and your heart and mindset toward it. Because like – there's, there's no, it's not like it's a healthier thing to meet a girl in a coffee shop or meet a girl wherever online. Yeah. versus online, but you could do both in very toxic ways and you yep. could do both in very healthy ways. Um, that, I don't, I don't think that at all that it's online dating. That's a problem. I wouldn't say it's a problem. Um, yeah. yeah, I would actually, I would encourage Christians to actually get online if you haven't tried it, uh, to get online and try it. Uh, and you'd be surprised what maybe God can do in that. Um, now, <clears throat> I think it's good to set up some guidelines for how you do that. Um, it's important to have accountability partners. And uh, it's very easy to set up an online profile that doesn't represent yourself as a Christian, in which then you could be looking for you know, people of the opposite sex that aren't Christian as well. So I would just um, encourage you you know, as a single guy or a girl to have another solid Christian person that you respect, look at your online profile and know that you're online and then just tell them every time that you're going to go on a date. Also for safety reasons, um, you know, and just knowing where they are. And there's also, uh, some good apps for your phone that like you can put like, so another person knows where you are and tracking in your phone. And I think that that's a good idea to, to do going on a first date, but I also wouldn't let the fear of that safety element sway you and, and cause you to not want to do online dating. I think meeting in a, in a public place uh, and being you know smart about it. Um, Is that because you've been abducted by women? You've yeah, been... yeah, yeah. They're just scary things. They throw <laughs> me in vans, put masks over my head, and, <laughs> and beat me. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. No, I just I think that oftentimes in my interactions with other Christian girls online, there seems to be this like fear of safety um, issue, and and I think that that often tends for them to want to just text and text and text. But I don't think that in texting a guy for another two weeks, you're it's going to be any safer. Yeah. Um, And so just go ahead, but just meet in a public place and just don't get in his car. Yeah. Um, You know. Yeah, that's a good idea to have someone else check your profile. That'd be you. You'd have to trust that person a lot, though, because like oftentimes, I'm sure everyone can like echo this at times. But like, you're kind of embarrassed by some some of the ways you present yourselves online to strangers. You know what I mean? Whereas if someone who actually knows you sees some of the things you post online, it's like, well, that's not really who you are. Do you ever do you get that or no? No, I I my online profiles are very um, nonchalant. They're full of jokes. There's almost nothing serious on them except okay, maybe it's just me. Pastor, um, <laughs> okay, it's so, just me then. <laughs> and so, and again, I think that's because I view it as an advertisement. I just view it as a connecting point. I don't view yeah. it as something that needs to be like thought out and deep and all of this stuff. And it's, that's a, it's, it's really uh, something I think that we should take lightly. And then we need to take relationships not lightly, right? Those are important and those are valuable. And so I think that we can make that distinction between this is an online app and I can do whatever on it um, as far as like writing my bio and stuff. And, and again, have somebody check it um, who's a Christian and somebody who you value their opinion on. But it doesn't need to like, 
You don't need to pour out your heart on it. It doesn't need to be the very definition of who you are. Yeah. It's just a connecting point. You um, kind of bring up a good point, though, because um, using your language of advertising, I personally have experienced a lot of false advertising yes. on, on, um, on uh, dating apps. And I feel like that's that could be a, a con if if you're not careful to be honest. Like like these these people who use three four year old pictures of themselves, yeah. and so you're like, oh. But then you meet them in person, and you're like, uh. <laughs> Which is why I just I encourage people to push towards that meeting. Try to be honest. If anything, make yourself look worse online. So when they meet you in person, they're like, oh. You know, yeah. you know, versus like, oh, this you're not at all who you made yourself out to be online. Yeah. And I think another thing that's uh, really important to remember with online dating and the, just the, the plethora of people out there. And then my dad is so gracious in reminding me of this. He's like, he calls me Toy. That's my nickname. And he says, Toy, you don't need 100. You just need one. Right. Uh, and so – so oftentimes we get caught up in like being liked by lots of people or getting, you know, tons of text responses from, you know, a bunch of different people. But the reality is we're just looking for one person. As a Christian, we're just looking for one person and that we need to remember. Um, and so, yeah, I, I encourage people in online dating um, and dating in general, honestly, to just push for the no. Find the no um, that, that isn't going to make that relationship work. And I think that's done with meeting them face to face as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing, and then I'll, we'll wrap it up, um, to swing it back a little bit to what we talked about, like God's will and stuff. I think a verse that often gets taken out of context is 1 Corinthians 7, the the, the quote-unquote singleness chapter, where yeah. Paul says, he who is single should not strive to get married. You know, I wish everybody could be as me, single and unmarried. And But then... He also says, he who desires a wife desires a good thing. Yeah. So you're like, make up your mind, Paul. Like, like quit, pick one. Yeah, quit yanking me around. And so I think that it's really easy to pull that passage out of context and say, God wants me to stay single. And it's like, well, if God wanted everybody to stay single, for one, the world would cease to have humans on it. And for two, um, it would kind of violate his very first commandment, which was be fruitful and multiply. And, multiply yeah. and so how are you intended to be fruitful and multiply if you can't marry? And if it's like suddenly marriage is bad, it's like, no, because you have to remember Paul's writing into a culture, which is extremely tribalistic and family oriented. And anybody who was single and unmarried was basically shunned. And so suddenly in Christianity, Paul is saying, actually, it's okay to be single and yeah. you can be effective in the kingdom of God as a single person. And that would have been the, the, the earth shattering, you know, whoa, like, wait, this religion allows me to be single, this new, you know, paradigm. It's okay yeah. to be single and you can still be an effective human. Yes. Yeah. So. You bring up a really good point. And I think uh, just a challenge for those of you who are maybe listening to this podcast and are in, uh, are married or are in a dating relationship that's serious. Um, I would encourage you to encourage those uh, who are around you who are single. Um, but not so oftentimes I, I have received negative encouragement <clears throat> From the church, I think that there's still this stigma that has been carried on for, you know, really hundreds of years that that marriage is better, and that if you're single, that there's probably something wrong with you a little bit, 
And, um, and in getting married, you will experience a more full relationship with God and learn more things. And so I think that that's something that the church negatively portrays. I think the church needs to remember that 45% of the U S population is actually single currently. That's a very large percentage. Hmm. The church as a whole needs to recognize that, that that is a huge demographic and needs to be more encouraging towards them, be more open to them, provide ministries for them, um, and not be so uh, accusative in saying, oh, it's, you know, because of your defects or, you know, you're just not being patient enough or you're not trusting in God enough for to bring about the one for you or that, you know, if you do get married, then you'll learn these lessons of patience and working with other people. <laughs> yeah. or, or even in like weddings, pastors tend to say, you know, something like, you know, the two of you are becoming one and are becoming whole. Well, what does that <laughs> say about a single person? Are we less than whole? Yeah, are we half? Um, yeah, are we half? Am I less than fully human? Am I less than what God has fully created me? to be because I'm not right. uh, married. And, I and, think, yeah. and so I think the answer to that is obviously no. And we need to remember that single people have something valuable to contribute to the gospel, to church, to growth, um, and to the Christian life. And we might not be experiencing the same struggles that a married couple is experiencing, but we're experiencing different struggles um, that are equal in the way that they can grow us towards Christ. Yeah, totally. And I think that is exactly what Paul's addressing in yeah. 1 Corinthians 7 is that the mindset that once you get married, you have crossed the finish line. Whereas Paul himself says, you know, I want to run the race well so as to cross the finish line. He's not talking about marriage. He's, not, He's talking yeah. about death and um, resurrection and Jesus face to face saying to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, so it's like that's the race that we should be more focused on. And I think that when you see marriage as the finish line, that's where you get into murky waters. And yeah, that's where it sure. gets really dangerous. And so um, anyway, we're going to cut it off here. I know that we we talked about a lot of stuff, and a lot yeah. of good stuff. And I'm excited to hear feedback from this one. As always, find me on Facebook, Ethan Renault, Twitter, Ethan Renault, Instagram, Ethan Renault. And uh, the best way to get a hold of me, because I'll never – really take a break from it is email so you can go to ethanreno.com click contact and that sends the email straight to me so um i'd love to hear from you what did you think about what nate had to say do you want me to have him on again do you want me to never talk to him again probably never talk to me again i'll do it if you ask me to (laughs) and that'll hurt both of our relationships (laughs) um no just kidding uh but seriously i love to hear from you i love feedback i love topic requests what what else do you guys want to hear this this very podcast was the result of someone emailing me um so thank you guys so much for listening that do you have any final words that you want to share as we wrap up nate well thanks so much for having me it was fun and i really enjoyed talking to you about it yeah thanks so much for coming on man and um everybody i will talk to you again next week bye